0: From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA. This is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And joining me for this edition, a special guest, Dr. Nancy Sherman, who is a renowned scholar and expert in the field of moral injury. Dr. Sherman, thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh,
1: it's
0: my great pleasure. Thank you so for having me. And you've written uh, numerous books, uh, Dr. Sherman, on uh, the issue of uh, moral injury, Uh, the most recent of which is about to come out now called Stoic Wisdom, Ancient Lessons for Modern Resilience. Uh, When we think of the Stoics uh, way back when, we think of folks who kind of uh, uh, could endure just about anything by... uh, what, pulling themselves up by the bootstraps, or biting the upper lip, or just not acknowledging the existence of any pain? Am am I right or
1: not? Yes, I think that is the uh, picture that we've inherited, and I have to say it's been reinforced uh, these past few weeks by the press coverage of Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip as truly stoic, not shedding a tear, or only in private, or how many tears did she shed? Um, and 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 he too is a model, um, but you have that right. Um, but I uh, the sort of button up your stiff upper lip and pull up, pull yourself up by your boots, that sort of thing. In the military, it was often called suck it up and truck on, or <laughs> <That's right. laughs> less gracefully <laughs> embrace the sucks. Um, and I think I began working on stoicism. Um, in connection with my own work over the years on ancient ethics, um, where, in which I'm trained by thinking about that lopsided picture, the one you just um, presented as the kind of caricature we carry around. Maybe that's stoic with a little S, but stoic with a big S uh, capital S is a much more complicated uh, and um, I think healthy uh, um, philosophy, uh, philosophy of life. Um, it, doesn't think that we should suppress or repress all emotions but rather figure out ways of managing them in a healthy healthy fashion and um you know that may mean uh curbing some of the impulses that are debilitating um including the harsh ones against ourselves we'll get to moral injury in a bit but that kind of way in which you rack yourself for things that you could have and should have and and um, would have um, had you had all the h- hindsight you know the, for- the foresight that hindsight brings but the stoics really think th- there are techniques and methods for in some ways cognitively um, getting inside your emotions and being able to shift them with cognitive shifts and also uh, meditation practices and rehearsal um, preparation practices that can, can um, give you um, a, a healthier palette of emotions.
0: So a stoic approach to life is not just about stuffing the emotions.
1: No. And I think especially in the military, that's, that practice of pushing them aside, locking them in a lockbox until you come home from a deployment and maybe only opening that box for real review 50 years later because of some horrible flashback or nightmare or anniversary event that makes the locking up in the lockbox no longer feasible. That is not a healthy approach, nor do I think it's the stoic approach.
0: Well, let's back up just for a moment and examine what is moral injury and how is it different from post-traumatic stress syndrome?
1: Well, post-traumatic stress syndrome or disorder, um, and some of the military want to definitely drop the D because they find that stigmatizing, um, is a a, a phenomenon um, that came to be in the 1980s, post-Vietnam, and it was primarily viewed as a fear-conditioned response, a response to overwhelming life threat. And the symptoms we know uh, that many experience in the military, but also well beyond the military, to, to that perceived life threat, are hyper um, a kind of hyper arousal, um, a asem- uh, the flashbacks, the recurrent intrusive memories, whether in 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 nightmares or just in waking moments, and uh, and also a, a sort of dissociation that you 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 want to isolate yourself and certainly isolate yourself from emotions and affects and and relationships that bring them on so it's really fear conditioned and that's very much the um that was in the air in the 1980s and it, it some of those symptoms also overlap with moral injury but moral injury is a response primarily to a moral uh a threat or a a moral trigger where your conscience is tested in a very severe way and you have a a syndrome that brings on emotions, not not so much fear but guilt or shame or resentment or indignation or a sense of betrayal um, or moral disappointment. And so the focus is on the moral challenges and the sense of being compromised in the case of moral injury, either as an actor, an agent, um, where you do something that you think uh, wasn't right, was a transgression. um, Whether it really was or wasn't, real or apparent, in your mind, it was. Uh, Where you suffer a transgression at the hands of someone else, so in this case your victim, or where you're really really close up bystander as a civilian as a photojournalist war photojournalist as a journalist um who covers um you know who comes with others that are in, in uh in deployments so it's a it covers a wide range of individuals where the potentially injurious trigger is something to do with a transgression
0: hmm and so, uh, as opposed to post traumatic stress, where you're dealing with anxiety and fear, uh, in the case of moral injury, it's more of a, a matter of the conscience.
1: Well, it is the conscience, and I, I the symptoms very much overlap. I'm not a practicing um, clinician, although I've had training in um, psycho, uh, psychoanalytic research training, but I, the. Symptoms can overlap in the sense that you certainly can feel terribly anxious. Because anxious can be very diffuse, um, and you can have the sorts of hyper vigilance that uh, uh, or, that comes with PTS. So I don't mean to say that, you know there's a big overlap here in symptoms, and it's a and also in a, a broad spectrum of intensity. It could you know you can feel moral injury in a, in a Mild way, and you can feel it in a severe way. I mean, if you're involved in a collateral incident where there was either mistake, you know, uh, say there was mistaken targeting, um, and uh, well, that's an accident, you know. But there, there is civilians killed or a collateral incident if the rules of engagement allowed them, um, where you, f- knowing, foresee that there may be civilians nearby, but the target is a really important one. For the mission or to save your troops and so you take the risk put the risk onto potentially onto civilians i mean and say you see footage afterwards you know i know people who see s- small bikes uh, corpses of young children um and, and those sorts of incidents don't just give you a sense of fear or hypervigilance in a future mission they also give you a sense of horrible shame or a sense of guilt that you i argue you need to work through you need to talk to people about you know chaplains um, counselors um, uh, all the family all those that can help and as well as your, your troops that can help you work through that
0: i'm talking to dr nancy sherman uh, a, uh, an, a renowned author and uh, researcher in the field of, among other things, moral injury. Uh, Dr. Sherman uh, joins us uh, in the, uh, by phone in the greater Washington area where she is a professor at the Georgetown University. So, uh, Dr. Sherman, uh, let's connect the dots here. Uh, how can stoicism help someone with moral injury?
1: Well, it seems a challenge at first. Uh, why connect the two? But as someone who's taught at the academies, especially the Naval Academy, um, and given that I see both moral injury there and a terrific attraction to Stoicism, I was led to think, how do I connect the two? So I think it's this way. The Stoics are challenged in part by Cicero, a fellow traveler but not himself a Stoic, to see how shame could, in fact, be an impulse to do better. The Stoics are very committed to moral progress and to a sense of moral enhancement and uh, integrity, uh, so character training. And they nonetheless know that, in fact, from one of their uh, sort of historic characters, Alcibiades, um, that you can feel terrible shame for having done things that were not so wonderful, or at least thinking that you didn't. And couldn't that shame be a moral, be an impulse to do better? That's the challenge. And they suggest that it can. And some of it comes up in a wonderful play by Seneca. It's called Hercules Rages. And he's just come home from all his labors. And because Juno has put a spell on his, uh, over him, psychological spell he ends up killing his family and he's ready to commit suicide and his father says the guilt is not yours but it's juno's his stepmother's and his friend says something even more powerfully his friend says use your heroic courage to show self-mercy so i think the stoics who are very committed to the idea of moral progress that's their theme moral education and moral progress how do we how do we tutor ourselves to become better persons they realize that there will be missteps r- real or apparent or moments when we are victims of horrible horrible attacks on us in, the, in this horrible way hercules's case and those of great strength a herculean character can rise and use the very strength that they have in order to Kind of resurrect themselves, restore themselves, become whole again. That's you know, moral injury is a sense of a shattered moral identity. And there's certain the Stoics realize. I mean, they're living in a time under Nero in the in courts of of tyrannical emperors. Seneca himself is a spin doctor, moral tutor, and advisor to Nero. I mean, he knows what it's like to swim in dirty waters. Like many military folks, they swim in waters that are not of their making. They're fairly dirty and things are compromised. How do you get yourself whole again if you've been compromised or you compromise yourself? I think the Stoics address that issue loud and clear. And some of it is through recognizing the hurt and pain of a a feeling of shame. Some of it is by reaching out to others. You know, many think of the Stoics as self-reliant do it on your own, self-sufficient, don't ask for help. That's a mistaken picture. Marcus Aurelius, himself in battle, writes to himself in the still of night, in what becomes to us the meditations, but they're really his diary, and he says, picture a battlefield with all the body parts, limbs separated from the torso. That's what a human being makes of herself, himself, themselves, sh- if they cut themselves off from one another. That is a plea for our shared humanity and that we get our resilience from turning to others for support. That's what we think of resilience these days. It's not go it alone grit, it's realizing, especially in children and and others who, who, needs, who, who uh, are in large organizations and depend on others, it's turning to them for the supports and sustenance to sustain ourselves. So I think the Stokes have that message. It's loud and clear in uh, what we think of as one of the, you know, a warrior, uh, often pictured on his uh, bronze horse out there in Rome, the equestrian, famous equestrians statue, but some thought was Constantine. That's why we still have it.
0: (laughs) Dr. Nancy Sherman's latest book on the subject of moral injury is Stoic Wisdom, Ancient Lessons for Modern Resilience, which uh, will soon be available wherever books are sold, including Amazon, right, uh, Professor?
1: Yes, it's available right now. I mean, you can pre-order, and you'll probably have it sooner than my copies come to me. I'm waiting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm waiting, no. at, yeah,
0: it, and do otter. And, it, you know, this is, a, a, a fa- to me, a fascinating uh, topic, uh, not only for the men and women who serve, but I suppose anyone could experience moral injury
1: in life. Oh, yes, this is not military-specific. It happens to be that the military have studied it most because of funding and, and uh, our, our years, our 20 years of war, um, and the VA especially, across the country. But uh, anyone currently um, thinking about uh, in organizations where they've been mistreated or misused, um, wherever there's interpersonal uh, violence as well as interpersonal uh, harassment uh, or transgressions, and so the sense that you've been wronged in a very severe way um, or or you have transgressed or just falling short, you know, that that could give rise to moral injury. We're talking about moral emotions that register your sense of accountability or the accountability of others to you. It's about personal and moral accountability and the emotions that register them that hurt, that are painful. But there's also moral repair. There's what do you do in the wake of that? And that's the part of resilience that we need to think about in the Stoics, uh, think about a, a form of resilience, and it's turning to others for compassion. Them showing you the compassion, you realizing that you wouldn't hold them as as uh, guilty as you hold yourself at times, um, or maybe you would. You know, it's working that through interpersonally and forgiving. A large part of, of the discussion has to do with forgiveness and self-forgiveness, and you know that sort of comes up in certain kinds of letters or in meditation to yourself.
0: I gather uh, from your uh, uh, description of uh, what it means to be resilient nowadays, uh, and that is to be, what, reconciled with the community, that one of the uh, most serious symptoms of moral injury would be the feeling of being outcast.
1: Yes, that's a very good point. The sense of being a pariah because you've sinned, Um, in some form or other, Um, and the sense that you can't be brought back into the community. And so this uh, metaphor that Marcus gives us that that we don't have our humanity if we cut ourselves off from others works both in the sense of reminding yourself to turn to others for help and others being responsible to you for your support. Um, you know, the, the Stoics were the first cosmopolitans, and so they spread humanity wide across the whole globe. And that means the inclusion of all folks different from you and and you different from them, and that sense of, you know, for, you can be an outcast or a because you're different or other. Um, and while the Stoics didn't always practice inclusion, <laughs> um, they were building an empire, with a lot of force and violence, um, they do give us a very early sense of what it is to be a citizen of the world, united in humanity. And that's um, also about not feeling like you're a pariah to, to, in a larger way or just in your family, you know, coming home from war and telling your kid, I'm a child of a veteran. War wasn't spoken of um, in the family because I think my father thought it was a, a different business that it was not part of the life of a, of a, of a healthy family in some way. So so I don't think that's a good way to go.
0: So we're talking the modern-day equivalent, I suppose, of the leper or the tax collector, at least in the mind of the person suffering moral injury.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a a terrible way to think about um, feelings of moral anguish. We all feel them, and there are many, many paths of support. I work, uh, you know, in a, uh, with colleagues at the VA, um, including uh, in Boston and San Francisco and elsewhere. And one of the methods they use is letter writing—a sense of asking forgiveness to victims. And one very moving letter I was privileged to to, to read. And it was probably a composite, so not um, for privacy reasons. Um, it, it was an individual who now, um, close to 50 years later, was writing to someone in, um, in Vietnam um, whom he had killed, and the sense of shame was overwhelming, and it came up every time he thought about the wallet he pulled out of someone's pocket, the dead man's pocket, and saw the pictures of the family, and that was a source of enduring shame and letter writing um, um, imaginary. You know, you write a letter, it doesn't really get to the recipient, but you write to the family saying what you felt and what it was like that day and that it was, a, if you like, an honorable or just killing. I don't know quite if that was taken up. That that is a, a part of working through the painful emotion to both be reconnected to the Victims of the of your lethality of, of what war is, and also to reconnect with parts of yourself that are good. I think that you know it's restoring goodness.
0: Someone out there who's dealing with moral injury, um, besides reading your book, uh, how can they get help?
1: Well, I think it's a great question. The first thing is that um, getting help is a wonderful way forward, and knowing that you need to get help. The VA, while a, 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 you know a behemoth organization, when it works well, has lots of clinicians, and some of those clinicians work closely with um, methods that um, deal with moral injury. So uh, that's an important step forward. There are a lot of really good counselors there, so I would say that's a step forward. and within the DoD, active service members, um, there are a lot of counselors and therapists as well as chaplains who are trained to think about these issues, even if they don't know the word moral injury or don't know the latest treatments that are coming out of uh, the VA specifically. Um, they still know a lot about um, how to get people out of being stuck. Um, and also just opening up to family members and i mean there also could be issues the the side effects the self-handicapping that goes with moral injury and post-traumatic stress which is drug abuse or self-medication um or suicidal tendencies all these are really treatable uh, i mean through steady and patient counseling so seek out help and my best advice is um if you don't like the particular person you've first been assigned because you don't see you don't see it as a match or a sink and you're kind of honest with yourself, you're not just resisting, try for someone else. And certainly there are hotlines.
0: And Dr. Nancy Sherman, uh, expert in the field of uh, moral injury, and we're talking about uh, how the, the Stoics of old uh, have something to teach us about living with these feelings uh, you're describing of shame and guilt and uh, having been Part of something that goes against your conscience. Uh, in practice, uh, you mentioned a little bit at the top of the podcast, but uh, how does one be a Stoic?
1: Oh, I think in many different ways. Um, the one way to be a Stoic is to practice something they call pre rehearsal. So don't be blindsided by bad things that might happen. And so they call it pre-rehearsal of the bads. And sometimes they call it sort of focusing on death. And here's a very um, uh, down-to-earth example um, that I later came to think of as stoic, though at the time it wasn't. My mom was in a nursing home for, I don't know, four or five years in this in area where I live, and um, death was not something she wanted to talk about. But she was 94, 95, 96, 97, almost 97, and I thought it was time we tried to confront it. So I would say to her now anticipating that we're mortal, I'd say, Mom, remind me, did we sign you up for the immortality plan here at the nursing home? Because if we did, it's going to be really expensive. <laughs> now, my mom burst into a very, very broad smile. She's very beautiful, and you know her lips turned up, and um, she didn't crackle but you know she smiled and together with this little little game we had we faced her death very peacefully i mean thank goodness she had a, a peaceful death but i think that little pre-rehearsal of bads a very stoic technique is a way to think about things now it's not armor um, you know it's not ironclad armor it's not invincibility it doesn't prevent grief but it does put your mind, what they say is dwell in advance. It, it, it helps you imagine a future that you're not thinking about or want to avoid. So that's one method, I think. Hmm. Um. <laughs> Very interesting. Yes.
0: Um, your book, uh, Stoic Wisdom, Ancient Lessons for Modern Resilience, is available or will be uh, wherever books are sold. You can go now and pre-register to receive the book. Uh, on Amazon and um, or wherever else you purchase books, in the short amount of time we have left, uh, Doctor Sherman, you mentioned your dad was a a vet. Um, is that how you got into this field, or how how did you become interested in the subject of moral injury?
1: I was asked to um, join the Naval Academy as a civilian in the mid 90s, in the wake of a cheating. Uh, uh, incident that was quite massive, and I started teaching there as their inaugural uh, chair in ethics. It was the first time they had a, an inaugural distinguished chair in ethics. So I taught there for two and a half years um, on a, a sort of secondment from uh, Georgetown, and I worked with military folks. They had just been coming home from the first Gulf War, some were Vietnam veterans, um, Marine colonels, um, many admirals. and. I um, realized that many were hurting in certain ways, and I had I started writing about stoicism, because we taught that we taught Epictetus, a stoic, and they knew Marcus Aurelius. And then I realized, in talking to other colleagues, that they were suffering not just from post-traumatic stress, but from the things I had always studied as a I'm an ethicist. um, How you hold yourself accountable? What are the emotions by which you hold yourself accountable? And that I realized. <laughs> My colleagues in psychology in, in the military, um, Marine psychiat- uh, Navy psychiatrists who were deployed with Marines and, and civilians um, in the VA, were working on moral injury, which is what I was working on. So there was a confluence of both work with the military and my existing interests. My dad was um, sort of came into this picture because he never talked about his war. He's a World War II medic in the Army, and um, when he died, it Fell to me to put away his effects and I pulled out of his pocket his house keys. We needed to get into the apartment. And I saw on his house keys were very, very faded dog tags. I am his only daughter, one of two children. I've taken care of my parents most of their adult you know lives since they relocated to the Washington area. And I never saw those dog tags. So I think it was don't ask, don't tell, you know, he didn't tell and I didn't ask. And I realized I was a child of a World War II veteran living in our house with mostly itchy brown army blankets all over the house. And we, I never knew much about my dad's war. I thought, he thought he think, it wasn't a good topic for a family. And that was his own injury. He, he bore the burden alone on his own shoulders. And I thought, I don't think people should do that. Um, So I really wanted to hear from my students now at Georgetown returning from wars, Um, many of them um, from recent wars, some become reporters, one I'm very proud of is the New York Times war correspondent, Thomas Gibbons Neff, um, Mm -hmm. a Marine who was in my class and began talking about his wars in my class, and um, I feel very strongly that this is a community I want to support.
0: We've been talking to Dr. Nancy Sherman, an expert and uh, scholar in the field of moral injury among other subjects. Uh, she is a um, professor of philosophy at Georgetown University. Uh, her latest book, Stoic Wisdom: Ancient Lessons for Modern Resilience, uh, available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Dr. Sherman, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you. it's been a pleasure, Taylor.
0: Catholic Military Life is a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA erected by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985 to provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, and the government civilian workforce beyond U.S. borders. 1.8 million American Catholics worldwide depend on the Archdiocese and its endorsed chaplains for pastoral care. For more information, visit millarch.org The Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, serving those who serve.